Life Uncut acknowledges the traditional custodians of country whose lands were never ceded. We pay our respects to their elders past and present. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. This episode was recorded on Darug Wallamutta land. Okay, let's go. Right, ready? Let's go. Let's go, bitches. Who are you? Hi, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Life Uncut. I'm Laura. I'm Brittany, and I have a bone to pick with you, Laura Byrne. Oh, uh, yeah. You did just say, let's go, bitches. And oh, I was like, what are you even, I was, who is this? Well, I was just trying it out. You know Why? when you try something out? No. And it doesn't work. It didn't. You just want to see how it rolls off your tongue and if it lands? Let's, it didn't work. Let's go, bitches. I was like, all right, it. let's go, bitches. And the girl's like, what? And I was like, don't worry. It's, <laughs> no, my bone to pick. Oh, yeah. I just bought it's, you a coffee. Well, it's not a bone. It's a funny. So the other day on the podcast, you may or may not have heard that we got some vibrators sent. We got a whole bunch of stuff. We're having a laugh about it. The company sent Ben, since it was addressed to me. Brittany has some fun with Ben. It was what we called a hot dog and it was like this round thing that the penis dog yeah, could do. Yeah, a cock hugger. I can't believe we've talked about this on two episodes straight now. It's called the stroker, right? So the hot dog thing that the penis dogs into. And Laura had a win, right? She's like, oh, why didn't I get one? Maddie J has a dick as well. Like he <laughs> needs to dock his penis too. And I just was like, you would never use it. We had a joke. I would never use it. Then we got some questions about what it was. So we're going to take a photo of all of them and put them on the stories. Because everyone's like, what are all these vibrators? So we're going to put on the stories. Then we said After to- we use them. No, one day later. So we just took it home. <laughs> Laura, and we're like, Laura, can you bring it back in? It wasn't even 24 hours. And she's like, oh, I can't find it. I'm like, what? Maybe I've used it and you don't want to have a photo of a used vibrator. No, that is not true because you would have said, I've used it. There's no secrets here. Nah. So you, you lost it within 12 hours, an entire vibrator set. It was a big, I was one vibrator. I, it, it wasn't gone? a set of vibrators. It wasn't a fucking like cupboard full of vibrators yeah, and I misplaced it. It was one single vibrator. In the box. In the box. Which is quite large. And I left it in the studio. Upstairs. So I'm guessing somebody else has taken it. I don't think you did. Or it's still there. You went home. How would you know? And you left it on the table. You left your vibrator on the table. Well, this is why you can't have nice things. Massive pink vibrator (laughs) just hanging around the office space. Let's get in because I feel like we could do this. We we haven't seen each other this morning, so we could do this for hours before we actually start (laughs) the episode. There's something I wanted to ask you, which happened to me two days ago, Mm. and I wanted to get your opinion on this. What am I here for? All right, so, and this is for everyone playing at home as well. What is the etiquette? What responsibility do you have if somebody slides into your DMs, a girl slides into your DMs Mm. and asks about your ex-boyfriend? Like they want like a verification check. They almost want you to go reference on him. Like they're doing a criminal record check. Yeah, and the reason why they're doing a reference check on him is because he is not a great, oh, I shouldn't say he's not a great guy. He is a terrible person to date, like a a truly abominable, dateable person, maybe a great person for other means, but if you were going to choose him as your life partner, oh, God, watch out. Oh, I just came up with a term in my head right now. I'm pretty impressed. So it's like the FBI, we'll call it the friend-boyfriend investigation. Sure. Yes. That was pretty good. Admit it. Yeah, it was good. Off the the cuff. I like that. Okay. Okay. It's the FBI. Yeah, it's the friend-boyfriend investigation, FBI. So what's the question? Should you, if someone writes to you, so this has obviously happened. So I'll give you the backstory, <laughs> right? 
<laughs> You're mean, like, it happened to my friend's friend's dog. I'm asking for a friend, hypothetically. Okay, so this has happened to me multiple times over the last couple of years. And the reason for it is, you know, spoken about it many times on here, I have one particularly troublesome ex who there was lots of cheating from him on me. It was a really, <laughs> it was super toxic. The start of the relationship was full, like a lot of love bombing and then things just deteriorated. And so this is now six, seven years ago. Like it's a long time ago, right? A long, long time ago. But I still get women who slide into my DMs to ask me about this person or stop me in the street to ask me about this person because either they've had a bad experience or they want to kind of, you know, be pre-warned. So recently I had someone who I am an acquaintance with, you know, I would say they're a friend. They contacted me and I think that that, not a bestie, you know, my outer periphery of my acquaintance network. But I would say that that kind of comes with a little bit more of a responsibility to reply. I can't just ignore that message, you know. So the message was, uh, this person's come into my sphere. What do you think of him? I know you dated him. Like, you know, what, Mm. what do you reckon? Give the opinion like 10 years later. Seven years <laughs> later. I mean, I really believe people could change. I also think, you know, if you've done the work, if you've checked it and you've realised, hey, there's a common denominator in my bad relationships and it's the fact I keep cheating on people, you could change, right, seven years down the track. But I'm wondering what's the responsibility at this point in time, and I think that this a lot of people will relate to this, what do you do? Do you give an honest review or do you say, I don't want to get involved? Mm. What happens? Well, your one, he was a bad egg. I don't think he's changed at all. Well, I mean, we don't know. Seven years. I got yeah. no, I've got nothing to do with the guy. No. Okay. So it's funny you should ask this. This happens to me also. So those of you playing along or have been here from the beginning, you'll know that I dated somebody with a double life. You know, he was married to people at the same time. And <laughs> this, this is literally why the podcast started. Yeah. It was our true relationships. Britt and I became friends. We started talking we're about trauma them. bonded. And we were like, oh, my God, let's start a podcast and talk about the trauma that we've experienced well, and tell everyone. If you haven't listened. We really got back, didn't we? Go back to the third episode we ever did. This is four years ago. And don't judge us on the audio quality. It was our first time podcasting. But anyway, the story's there. It's called So I Dated a Sociopath. Moving forward, this happened to me a lot. So it happened to me before the podcast, right, just with some people we knew. He was a bad egg. There was a mutual friend that slid into the DMs and said, your ex is now dating somebody I know. I don't know the details, but I know it was pretty bad. What do I do? What can you do? Can you speak to her? And I was like, yeah, I can speak to 100%. So I got on the phone with this random chick and I didn't bad mouth him, but I was like, look. It's not good. He's fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not sugarcoat this. He's fucked. He's as cooked as a barbecue chicken from Coles. I just said, I said, he's, he's no good. Then it happened one more time, maybe six, eight months later. And I did it again, but I just said, all I'm going to say is it eased off. I said, all I'm going to say is I wouldn't let my friend date him. I wouldn't let my sister date him. I wouldn't let anyone else I know date him. I never. You, when I, I, hey, I have spoken to you about this before and you said, I wouldn't let my dog date that's him. And what I, I was said, like, yeah. that's pretty offensive. I said, I wouldn't let my dog date him, but I never went into details, but I think that's a powerful enough statement over the last, that was, it's got to be 10 years ago now. Over mm. the last, I still get people message, which is crazy, that obviously know the connection and ask. And now I just don't respond because. So much time. So much time. And at the end of the day, do I think he's changed? No, probably not. But I don't know that. I don't know that he hasn't gone and done the work and he's not an amazing person right now. And I just feel like after this long, it is not my responsibility. I am not the ex-boyfriend vigilante that's out there saving people from something that could possibly happen. And I think at the beginning when it's fresh, 
if something really traumatic has happened, then you can pass on that information. You don't have to go into detail, but I think what I said is good. I think Mm. you can be like, would I want my friend to date him or my daughter to date this person? No. And I think that's powerful enough in itself. But after five, seven years, like seven years now, I don't think you need to be doing that. Seven years. I think the reason why this one really struck me was because it's somebody who I'm friends with. And so therefore I feel like it's not one that I can just – uh, scoot around, you know, like, and also there is this moment where you're like, am I doing this because I want to protect someone or am I doing it because there's a element of getting back at them, you know, like not, and it's not because I harbor any animosity, but it's like, I would never want somebody to go through what I went through in that relationship. So therefore I wonder like, is the tossing up between what to do here? Is it a byproduct of not wanting someone to go through what I went through? Or is it a part of like a, well, no, you did that to me. So, you know, I should be able to tell someone. And I don't know where that lies. I don't know what's the bigger motivator here. Well, is it also, I love that we're doing our own Ask Uncut, like you've asked me. Literally, literally. Is it also, have they written to you, saying I feel like something's off and they're wanting confirmation or are they saying hey I know there was a connection one day tell me about him spill the goss because if they're saying something doesn't feel right can you tell me what your experience was I would say go with your gut if it doesn't feel right don't be in the relationship and I think this was my big lesson I learned from this exchange of the last couple of days is if you ever feel like you need to go and get a character check for some guy that you're dating. If you have the urge to reach out to their, you know, ex-girlfriend from however long ago or, you know, get a friend to do it, whatever it is. If you feel like you need to character check someone, it's because you should not be dating them. Because if you're dating a great guy and all indications are green flags and they're awesome and everything's easy, you wouldn't even have the motivation or the want or any of those feelings. You wouldn't have that thing inside you that's your intuition that tells you something's fucking off here oh i love a character check i get character checks all the time everyone i've dated if no yeah no but you would just do it as in like you're not reaching out because you're like hey i'm reaching out because i think something's off my thing what i'm saying is oh no i just get a character reference like if there's a connection totally like when i started dating the guy before ben so I reached out to somebody like a mutual friend that knew him and they weren't even that close to me but i knew them enough to be like hey you just started seeing this guy What's he like? Thinking that she was just going to write back and be like, he's great, go for it, so hot. And she wrote back and was like, oh, player, fuck weird, joke bag. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what? And I was like, that was not what I was expecting. And it turned out to be true. Even with Ben now, current boyfriend Ben, I reached out to someone in the football world. What, just a random? I know him very well. Oh, this is an ex-boyfriend of yours as well. Okay, it was Jay. Yeah. <laughs> it was oh, oh, okay. My sister's fiance partner. Oh, I thought- husband, far out that escalated. My sister's husband, Jay, works in the football world. He's been in the football world for his whole life. He knows everything about it. So I wrote to him and I was like, yo, hooked up with this guy. What's he like? Is he a bad egg? Is he good? Thinking that, you know, and- Jay came back with all this due diligence and he was like, there are no bad articles about him. Apparently he's never strayed. He's never done this. He's never done that. He seems really great. He's a great player. Gave me a full football character reference. And he's like, I approve. And I was like, great. And that's how I continued on. Okay. I don't think I've ever done a character check and maybe I should have. (laughs) Maybe that's what we're getting to. Probably. So the million dollar question, (laughs) did you tell them the truth? I feel like I gave a very top line version because like I said, you know, seven years is so long. And the other part of this is even if he hasn't changed, even if he's exactly the same person. Nothing to do with you. I don't want to get into the drama. No, 
Oh, you've got you're, two kids. You're married with two oh, kids. It's another lifetime. I, who, who even was that person? And like he has done enough damage to you. You don't need to be worrying about it anymore. That's how I think. I'm like you Go took away. so much of my energy yeah. and time that long ago as if I'm going to give you another speckle of my brain. I don't have that many speckles left. Thank you. Exactly. All my speckles are falling All out my of my head speckles. with my three-year-old and two-year-old. <laughs> All right, well, before we get into answering your questions, Brittany, what is it that you're vibing this week? I'm vibing today something simple. Most of you have probably tried it, but I go through these food obsessions, right? Like I just get hooked on something and that's all I consume for a couple of weeks. Yeah, it was frozen you, yogurt for a while there. Usually it's frozen coconut whip. Well, I've been stuck. Yeah, it was. That was two. That was only two weeks. That was intense. That was an intense two weeks. I'm, I'm glad you're over that. I ate it every day and then I was like, woo, it's too much. It was chicken tenders for a while and I had a chicken tender. Keisha's nodding in the corner because I got Keisha onto the chicken tenders, chicken tender wrap. But now it is the sweet and salty popcorn. I know it's just so good. It's so Moorish. In my head, it's healthy. It's not, but it's also like such a golden oldie. I feel like everyone's been through a sweet and salty phase. Yeah, but it's what I'm, I'm vibing it hard at the moment. What are you vibing? Okay, so I came across a TikTok this week and I feel like this is going to truly revolutionise some people's lives. So you know how Frank Green water bottles just don't fit in any cup holder in any car? Like they're all – because they're too fat. They're so fat. They're so annoying because the base of them is like really thick, the one litre ones, like the big ones that people get around with. So if you have a support water bottle that you love – Like Keisha, she takes it everywhere. 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 Like and carries it around like it's a baby. It's got a little sippy straw. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Can. Well, if you have a one liter one and you need it with you at all times, it doesn't fit into the cup holder. Very annoying. There is this new hack. You can go to Bunnings and you can get yourself a piece of pipe. It has like a thinner bit at the bottom and then a wider bit on top. And you can put the pipe into your cup holder and then it turns into a cup holder extension and it is Fucking mind-blowing. I think they just call that a funnel, don't they? Well, no, it's not a funnel because it's not tubular. It's not like a triangle shape. Can it's you like just a- not sit the drink bottle on the seat? Yeah, but annoying. Rolls around. What if it goes on the floor? What if you stop really hard at a roundabout and then it falls forward onto the floor? So you've got to fucking dig is- around for a Frank Green drink bottle. You're not very supportive with your emotions if it's think, on the floor, are you? I think you have to dig around. Have you seen the size of that thing? It's like Jason Momoa in a drink bottle <laughs> flapping around your car. All right. Well, anyway, I thought it was a handy little trick yeah. and I'm all about it this week. Apparently, Frank Green are going to bring out some that they're going to make themselves. I'm sure, be, I'm sure it'll be overpriced. So just go to Buddies and get it at $4.50. This is my hot take. Okay. That is a good vibe. All right. Let's get into the questions. Question number one. I live with my best friend and we had been living together for four and a half years. I met my now fiancé, who is also female because we're in a same-sex relationship, at the same time as the marriage equality survey, which was a really hard time for the LGBTQI folk. My bestie had not long moved out. She said to me at the time, I'm worried I'm going to lose you as a friend if I vote no to same-sex marriages. And turns out she voted no. Our friendship has pretty much fizzled since then, but I do miss her. I miss our friendship and we have caught up sporadically over the past few years and she has reached out to catch up recently, but I have made excuses because I am getting married in a couple of months and I am so torn about whether or not to invite her. She was a huge part of my adult life for such a long time and it feels weird not to have her there, but how do I invite someone who may still not support my marriage? I don't know what her views are or if they've changed and I'm scared to know the answer. My family, however, think I should invite her. Any ideas? I feel like I'm almost going to go against her family's advice. Sorry, maybe harsh, but I would not be inviting a friend that didn't support my marriage. At the end of the day, 
She voted no to allowing you the basic human right of marrying somebody you love. I don't think I would have a space for you at my wedding. And if she so strongly thought that you shouldn't get married, I doubt she would want to go to your wedding. I don't understand why the family would want that. Can her views have changed? I hope they have. Maybe you should have that conversation. If she was your best friend for so long, who knows what she was thinking at the time. Maybe if you're still in contact and you're still friends, have the conversation with us. Say, how do you feel about same-sex marriage now? Are you on board? Would you vote yes? If so, and if she can honestly say, I love you and support you and I don't know what I was thinking or I was confused or I can't believe I voted no, if you feel like it's convincing that she supports you, maybe made a mistake, doesn't believe that anymore, then sure, invite her. But at the end of the day, she said she didn't want you to marry somebody that you love. To me, it's a strong no. That is wild. I just think it's so weird that she could live with you for four and a half years and also be there when you're in the relationship with your partner and not want that happiness for you. Like I find that very invalidating of your relationship, which is why I would say I wouldn't want her at my wedding. Does that mean that you can't be friends with her if you want to be? I mean, I don't think anyone can tell you who you shouldn't shouldn't be friends with. That's completely up to you and where your boundaries lie and whatever you want in your life, you are entitled to make those decisions. But I think it would be odd to have somebody who's been vocal about not supporting your marriage at your marriage. Mm. And I think that if you do decide to be friends with her, that doesn't mean that you have to invite her to your wedding either. Those two things can be, you know, mutually exclusive. You can have some sort of relationship with her and a friendship with her and also say to her, the reason why I don't want you at my wedding is because you clearly don't want to be at my wedding because you made that very, very clear. I agree with everything you said, Britt. I find it almost a bit dismissive maybe of your family. And I know it comes from a place where they know that she's been a part of your life for so long. They have seen all of her amazing qualities. We're only hearing about this one isolated thing, but they have seen her and your friendship over many years. And so they know the back history. But I do think, you know, the thing that she's not been invited to your wedding is the thing that has caused the breakdown in your friendship. So I would say that that wasn't your choice. It's not, you're not the one who stepped away from the relationship. It's the fact that she doesn't agree with you and your life and your life choices and your ability to have the same privileges in relationships and in marriage as what she is entitled to as a heterosexual person. And think that, you know, it's almost a little bit invalidating to say, oh, you should just invite her, get over it. You don't have to get over it. And it's not having a difference in opinion like, oh, my God, you're so obsessed with exercise in the gym. I'm so lazy. <laughs> yeah. We can't be friends. This is a huge thing. Yeah, yeah. This isn't a normal difference of opinion because friends can do that, get over it and move on. This is literally the biggest part of your life and of who you are. And she's saying, I'm not okay with it. I mean, I also go, I think it would be amiss of us to not acknowledge the fact that maybe she's religious. Maybe there's cultural reasons as to why she doesn't agree or, sure. or she morally couldn't vote yes because of whatever it is that she has culturally been brought up in or is exposed to. I understand that, but that doesn't negate the fact that you don't agree with her and that that has affected your life. You know, she's entitled to her opinions, even if we all think they're wrong, but you don't have to be the one that succumbs to bringing her back into your life when she's the one who's removed herself. I agree. I don't know. I think ultimately in this situation, if you feel the way you feel, your wedding day is a day of such wonderful celebration. It's so fun. The last thing you want to be thinking about is having a guest there who didn't want it to happen. Like you said, you can still be friends. You don't have to end the friendship if you don't want. If she has all these other amazing qualities that you get along with, but she doesn't want to see you get married, so she doesn't have to come to the wedding. End of story. Question two. So my boyfriend's 24 and I'm 26. We've been dating for four and a half years. We had a conversation recently. It went along the lines of me. 
I want to get married soon. What do you think? Him, I don't. (laughs) Not for another six to eight years. Would you wait that long? Me, not sure. (laughs) I like the take by take. (laughs) Him, well, if you loved someone, you would wait for them to be ready. Me, I'm not saying I don't love you. I'm just saying I want to marry you in the next three years. Anyway, you guys get the point. (laughs) I want to marry this man. I really do. I don't know if I feel like I want to marry this man as soon as possible because a lot of my friends are getting engaged and married, etc. So I'm asking for the expertise opinion. Lol, you've come to the wrong place. But we're we give you are opinion. not experts <laughs> and we have never claimed to be. So I'm sorry that they, you've received false information somewhere. <laughs> the question is, do I wait until he's ready, even though I really want to get married now? Or do I attempt to push my opinion and peer pressure him? <laughs> Nothing like peer pressuring a man into marrying <laughs> into you. Into locking him down for the rest of existence. This is a, this is tricky. Uh, look, I mean, it's a hard one because you've already been together for four and a half years. But like at the same time, my head goes, okay, you're 24. I understand why maybe he doesn't want to rush in yet to get married. Maybe he wants to spend his 20s with you, like together. Because I think some people think that just because you've gotten married, it means that the next step is that you have to have babies. Like it kind of feels like the progression is happening sooner. Whereas like you could get married and then the babies could wait, but it sounds like you kind of want all of those big life things much sooner than he wants them. Can you pressure him into marrying you? No, you can't. Do you need to have some big conversations around timelines, which sounds like the most important thing and decide and figure out for yourself, are your timelines around just wanting to get married and having a baby because you want those things now? Or is it because they're things that you want in your life and with him? Which I mean, in which case you have to fuck, you have to wait. Like that's the only option. I actually, I understand both sides on this one. I'm going to be so Switzerland on this. I get both sides, but I'm almost leaning towards his side. Now, the reason I say this is timelines are different for everybody, but big life events are different for everybody too. Now you are only 24. When I do the math, Even if you waited six years, you're still currently five years younger than me. I only just got a boyfriend. That's irrelevant. But my point is sometimes time can feel like it's so far away. And I think for your partner, he's not saying he doesn't want to marry you. He's just saying, let's just not rush. He's saying he still loves you. He still wants to be with you. He still wants to do all his life stuff with you. He just doesn't want to have that big ceremony. It is something that you both have to agree on because he needs to respect what you want as well. So I think maybe you need to have a conversation that's like, I really saw myself married in my 20s, if that's the way you want to word it, because that would, you know, six to eight years takes you to 30, 32. So maybe you could compromise and meet in the middle. Maybe he could lower his wedding age by two years or something like that. It's just such a weird number. I don't want to marry you for six to eight years. For me, it kind of feels like... I don't think he's saying six to eight years. I think he's just saying... I just don't see it anytime soon. And he's just trying to say, let's cruise, let's rush. He's not going to be like, in 6.5 years, we'll do it. I think he has put a number that's so far in the future that it takes it off the table for now. Do you know what I mean? Like that's like six to eight years totally. is so unbelievably like no one's thinking about that. You know, like the world might end in six to eight years. Who bloody well, let's knows? let's hope not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hope not. Okay, for example, Claire Stevens, she works for Mamma Mia. She's one of the executive editors. Jesse Stevens' sister, twin sister. Yeah. She's just gotten married, I think, Three days ago, a couple of days ago, yeah. She had just gotten married after being with her partner for 11 and a half years. I'm making a oh, Keisha's correcting me 14 years, a long time, a long time. (laughs) So, look, it's not to say that just because you have a really long dating period that you're never going to get married, but I think it is definitely drilling down as to whether 
Your partner wants to marry you, sees a life with you, has that long-term commitment to you because there's a big difference between I want to wait and marry you and I don't know whether you're the person I want to spend my life with and I'm just happy now but like let's wait and see. They're two different conversations. And it's the reason too. Are you wanting to get married because you're ready to have kids and you want to be married before you have the kids because he sounds like he's not ready to have the kids? Yeah. It's a conversation between the two of you. What do you want? in what timeline and what compromise can you both come to? Because you both want different things at different times, which is okay, but you're going to have to meet in the middle in some capacity. I think it's an interesting thing though, this idea of marriage in terms of for some people, it is the signifier that they're ready to progress life quicker. So like for some people it's like, oh, well now that we're married, yeah, of course we're going to have kids and then, you know, and it kind of speeds up the process, I think. And so maybe in his mind, he thinks, well, if we get married, then that means within the next two years after being married, we'll probably have a baby. And it could mean and be a bit more big and all encompassing for him. Whereas some people might have a more drawn out timeline. They may get married and never choose to have kids or choose to have kids within six or seven years. Everybody is quite different, but I think it also comes down to people's perception of timeline after marriage. Because for me, I think I always saw it as like, well, once I get married, I will have children very shortly afterwards. Like I always kind of thought of it in that progression. Turns out I had children before the wedding. So well, it so, really went out the fucking window, didn't it? One of my really good friends got married. So we're 35. She got married at but 10 years, basically. She's 25. Mm. And they want kids, but haven't had them yet because for them, they were happy to get married and then just live a life married without rushing into the into the kid thing, which is fine. But you still have to be on par with your partner. You totally. have to decide what it is. It's okay to be married for 10 years before having kids. I also think like it is hard when you're 24 years old and your friends around you are getting married, especially if they're people who haven't been in relationships for as long as you have. Like if you've been in your relationship for four and a half years and then some of your friends who are of similar age, which is quite young to get married, but there's nothing wrong with that. But if your friends of similar age are getting engaged and they haven't even been dating as long as you, there can be this feeling of missing out. It's so important to try and figure out and sit with yourself and really understand is the urgency around getting married, is the urgency around having an engagement ring because that there's a little bit of competition there or a little bit of FOMO. And I do think that we can experience it and not really recognise what that is. All right, we wrapped it. Question three. Question three, gals, I need some help. A colleague of mine wears open-toed gardening shoes, <gasps> the horror, into the <laughs> office every single day and I do not want to see your nasty toes when I'm trying to work. So my question is this, are open-toed shoes okay to wear in the office and can I tell them that I find it disturbing? Producer Keisha, this sounds oddly familiar, doesn't it? Here's my toes. Laura Byrne. Oh, actually, my God, my feet are actually dirty. Sorry Kisha, about that. Kisha, did you write this question in? Laura Byrne, my feet are you are <laughs> the worst person I have ever met for putting those hoofs everywhere. You always wear open-toed shoes. Fine. That is fine. You flip them off in a heartbeat wherever you go. You kick them off and then your feet are everywhere. I have in my car still, and you haven't been in my car for a while, so the, A, I need to clean more. B, you need to stop doing it. I have your footprint on my 
car windshield because when you get in my car, you yep. flip your shoes off. Look at Keisha's she face. She puts her feet, <laughs> you put your feet up on my windscreen and I'm, I'm driving and I can just see them and I'm like, oh, she's my friend. I'll just let her do it. And then I'm like, oh my God, they're everywhere. And then you wriggle them around. I'm really glad that you finally got this out. I've not been in your car for months, like literally yeah, months. Yeah, so I really I can't need believe to clean you've my been car. looking at that for like four months and haven't just wiped. I mean, not that you need to wipe my foot. What is it? Your foot juice. What is it? What it's is it exactly? It's foot juice. Foot oil. It's just oil, skin oil. No, like putting your face to, against a window. You're trying to make it sound cuter than it oily, is. It's not like a, it's 24 karat gold foot oil. It's it is foot juice <laughs> and it is rank. I think it's okay. At the end of the day, it's okay to wear open like all of us today have an open toe form of shoe on. I have a slide. You have like Birkenstocks. Keisha has Crocs. They've all got little I mean Keisha's are semi-covered, but they got air holes so that she doesn't get the foot juice. It's okay for somebody to wear whatever shoe they want to work, but it's not like, okay. Like, is he putting it on the desk? That's my point. No, I, like, okay, thank you. This just turned into a roast. It's not about me. No, is I'm he, just saying. Is he sticking his feet on your computer screen? Like, what? But that's he, what you do. Yeah, but I don't work in an office, so it's <laughs> but fine. But you still work with me. I am your office. No. I am your office. You don't, <laughs> mate, you send me nude photos and take a dump when I'm in the room next to you. Like, it's I fine. Have, oh, oh. The queen of poop is trying to <laughs> deflect. She poops all the time. I've never dumped next to you. How many times have you literally like walked through the house naked or like taken a bra off in front of me? Some or... people would pay for that. Totally, but I'm not. And I get subjected to it all the time. So what? don't you start trying to bring in office I, rules and regulations in this space. I love what's happening space. here. What did you just do two minutes ago and then say cut that out? You literally flashed your boobies. You I took was... your shirt down and you were like, oh. Whatever. Okay, clearly we don't have a normal office space. No, we don't. And so we are not the standard by which anybody should live. I have not worked in an office for 16 years. But you have an office for Tony May. And I have my feet out all the time. <laughs> And I don't <laughs> care. I don't care. Unfortunately, if people have a footed version, they can get their feet out. Everyone can have their feet out. Feet don't offend me. I think that there are two types of people in the world, people who are really offended by feet and then people who literally can't put their feet on the ground. Like if you're sitting, your feet need to be yeah. up on the chair. They need to be up on a dash. They just like cannot sit with both feet on the ground. I if can't I'm, either. If I'm on a plane, I have to have my feet like – up on my chair or like resting up on the back of, you know, I just can't. I'm not somebody who sticks it down their armrest, so don't worry. Don't come for me. I've done that before, but yeah. But what? You put your foot on other well, people's armrests no, on a I'm, plane? When I'm on a plane, no, not the armrest. But when I'm, I'm like you, right? I cannot sit normally. Even when we're doing radio, one leg is up under my chin. Like I'm always – but on a plane, if I'm near the window – Do you ever shove your feet into the little – like it's like a pouch? Do you yeah. ever just put your feet on the pouch and like rest them no, in the pouch? No, I try and squish it in between <laughs> the chair and the window but without it going past – Save. So you've only got about – You've only got like a seven mil depth room to move. So I squish my foot in there because I need my foot to be up and balanced, but I'd never let it flip through. Once my big toe tickled someone's arm. <laughs> Keisha and is I having, was as mortified as them. Keisha is having a mental breakdown and I know that there are going to be people who are also finding this disturbing and then there will be people who are like <laughs> sitting in their cars, wherever you're listening to this, and they're going to be like, yeah, me too. I'm fucking gross. And it is a compulsion. We can't help it. I can't sit with my feet on the ground. It drives me like I, like I just can't. My feet don't do it. It is not okay in an office though. I agree. You can wear open toe shoes to an office, but if your colleague, obviously it's different for us. We're taking the piss, but we're all really close friends. If you're in an office and your colleague has their toe nails on your desk or very close to you or in your line of sight, if they're in the cubicle next to you and you're typing and all you see in your peripheral is this gross fungus toe or something, then yeah, that's not okay. I think you can say something. 
Would I want to be in that position where I had to have a confrontation about someone's fungus toe on your desk? No. No. Do you know what? And I'm going to come to this from the other perspective. If they're not putting their feet somewhere, which is inappropriate, i.e. on the desk, if they're just coming to work wearing open toe shoes. They're up there typing with their toes. They're like... Maybe it's more more efficient for them. I think like we are weirdly offended by feet, a lot of people. I think if it's just that they're coming in wearing open-toed shoes and you don't like their feet, it's like saying to someone, you have ugly hands, wear gloves. Like they don't have to wear closed-toed shoes to work. No, I don't agree with that. You have to be very careful about how you talk to people who you work with in terms of telling someone that you you don't like something about because people are very sensitive and that would be a very offensive thing, especially if he doesn't see those shoes as being open. You know, you see them as being open toe gardening shoes. Maybe they're a good pair of shoes that he owns. Like you do not know where somebody or how somebody feels one about fashion, whether they have the money to buy decent shoes. You just don't know what's going on in someone's life. So I feel like be very careful, even like working with somebody who maybe doesn't have like, I mean, I've definitely been in a situation where I've worked with people who don't have good body odor. And it's like, how do you approach that conversation? It's a really tricky one. And I'm not talking. Because it's personal. Yeah. It could be hormonal. It could be something that they're dealing with from their, from like, you know, uh, like a condition, like you just don't know. And you don't want to offend someone or be seen as being outwardly rude. So I think if it's an inconvenience to you, get over it. That's how I feel about it. At the end of the day, the only way you can have a problem with this is if the feet are (laughs) invading your space in terms of inappropriately on desks or inappropriately close to you, not grounded. So if he's just wearing these shoes to work, you can't have a problem with it. People can wear whatever they want these days. But if it's all up in your face, of course you can say anything. Otherwise, let it go. What's an open-toe gardening shoe? Like a thong? What is it exactly? Because you shouldn't garden with open toes or stains. Like, is it a Birkenstock? What's an ga- open toe gardening shoe? There's a real, that's the real question. That's the real point of this question that we haven't unpacked. We'll have a Google. <laughs> an open toe gardening shoe. None of us garden, so we don't like, know. I'm imagining those shoes that have like the toes on them, like as in like the toes sectioned out, but they're then the toes are cut well, off. Like just the reef, toes. They're like reef shoes. Yeah, no, people have them and they wear them out in the real world. I don't know who's gardening with their toes out. Pretty sure Osha owns a pair of those like <laughs> shoes that have like the toes in them. He may come for me because that may be a complete lie, but I feel like I've seen him wear toe shoes before. Well, that is enough from us. If you want to send in an Ask Uncut for next week, you can slide on into the DMs at Life Uncut Podcast on Insta. You can also go and follow us on the Facebook group. It is the Life Uncut Discussion Group. If you have an accidentally unfiltered story, a funny thing that happened to you and you think we might want to hear about it, send it. Confessional. Oh, yeah. We haven't done confessionals in a while. Super naughty. Send it in to us. And also go and subscribe to the podcast that is always sitting in your libraries. Just have to hit that little plus on Apple. Don't forget, tell your mum. Tell your dad, tell your dog, tell your friends and share the love because we love love.